Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. So, John, what is your random article this week? My random article is Burke's Garden, Virginia. Uh, Burke's Garden, or Burke Garden, is an upland valley and unincorporated community in Tazewell County, Virginia, in the United States of America. Though... I'm not sure why it says community, because population sure does not look like a thing that this has. <laughs> um, so it's maybe the first American place that is a community that is not populated by anyone <laughs> that we have had. Um, but we can find out more about that later. I am immediate, My eyes immediately are falling to both name Vanderbilt family and also the word Amish which are both in this article oh, so that's kind of unusual I am I'm not going to read any further but there's a little there's some spoilers for you in there okay. anyway Eric <laughs> you you were saying you, you were giving me some discouraging <laughs> looks you are not going to believe this I but probably Wikipedia am. has finally done it to us what have they done my article is Rarden Illinois and it is an unincorporated community in Morgan Township, Coles County, Illinois, oh, United no. States. Oh, no. No population information. Well. <laughs> and that is the well, extent of the article. <laughs> that's, okay, so, mine, mine at least has pictures. Okay. I have a picture of the state of Illinois, a no, map. I have a, I have a picture, <laughs> I have a picture of, like, like grass. Uh that's all that's yeah. here, though. There's nothing where I'm at either. Don't don't be fooled by the pics <laughs> that I got. I'm still I'm still not talking about a lot. That's there's <laughs> nothing that I've that I've seen before that you know it, that's that's really hot. I mean I know where we've come from. It's not there's just nothing new here. Yeah. It's. I mean. This is okay. All right. <laughs> This is a new low for Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, this they know is, they know what we're doing, and they're trying to stop <laughs> it. They're trying to stop us. They know that we're close to <laughs> getting getting our own Wikipedia article. Yeah. Request for our validation of our own Wikipedia article about our Wikipedia-based podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to stop us dead in our tracks, but we'll we'll get them yet. Oh boy, will we? Yep, we'll we'll squeeze something good out of this. We have to. We can, we can. We have a link. I have a link for Amish yeah. over here. Well, I have a link for nothing except for Illinois. places. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to go to whatever it is. Burke's Garden, Virginia. You're gonna have to go to Burke's Garden, Virginia. Burke's Garden. Burke's Garden siding. Burke's Garden, as in like B-U-R-K-E. K-E. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do. That. I'll, that'll be. The difference there right there. there you go. Oh, yeah. This is a much 
better article. Yeah, it's really complete for a place with no things or people. <laughs> to start off, it's an oval bull-like valley known for its fertile land and that was once the bed of an ancient sea. So that's sort of interesting already. It's about 8.5 miles long and 4 miles wide. It resembles a large volcanic crater in satellite photographs and on topographic maps. However, it was formed when underground limestone caverns collapsed. The mountain that valley is the highest in Virginia at around 3,000 feet above sea level and it's completely surrounded by Clinch Mountain. So, yeah, apparently this place was occupied by a variety of cultures and indigenous peoples. Um, it was first surveyed in 1748 by a team of surveyors. Wow. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> working for a local landowner, James, Paul, James Patton. And uh, James Burke was one of the party members. And... He is said to have thrown away some potato peelings while cooking. Um, so that's where this go. got its name. <laughs> he threw some potatoes out here one time and it became the entire 8.5 by 4 mile thing, which yep. looks like a crater from space, <laughs> became his because he dropped potato yep. waste on he the ground. He dropped potatoes and then those potato shavings grew. That's not how potatoes, potatoes work. <laughs> that's not how potatoes work. Well, apparently, a year later, they returned and found potatoes growing there. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I I mean, I'm not saying that's how potatoes work, but <sighs> well, some sorcery is going on there. To be fair, the name was dubbed Burke's Garden as something of a joke at the time, but the name stuck. Now, the community was an outpost of German immigrants who settled in the backcountry frontier in the late 18th century. Now, it's remained relatively isolated in terms of European-American settlement as it was not near the transportation corridors of major rivers. So, uh, in the late 19th century, agents for the Vanderbilt family contacted local farmers about selling land so that the family could build a large estate there, but nobody wanted to sell. So the Vanderbilts instead constructed Biltmore Estate near Asheville, North Carolina. In the 1990s, a small number of Amish families moved there uh, to Burke's Garden, but they later moved out after uh, being unable to purchase enough land and attract enough other Amish families <laughs> to form a viable Amish community. Wow. Yes, the Amish need other Amish. Yeah. Although today, Amish have apparently returned to Burke's Garden, and now they have a thriving community there. Oh. Lines of scooters can be seen daily <laughs> outside of Burke's Garden School and Community Center, where the Amish now have their own school. The general oh. store is owned by the Amish, and visitors enjoy barbecue and sandwiches on think slices of mm. home-baked bread. Mm, I love think slices. <laughs> think slices are so th are so thoughtful. <laughs> They're so good. They say thank you after you eat it. Mmm, thinks. <laughs> so the county's oldest church, the Central Lutheran Church, is located in Burke's Garden. So I guess that's something noteworthy. I mean there are people around it whether or not they live in it i wonder what i wonder what happened with this place though the amish went there in the 1990s this is an ancient history this is 20 years ago they went there in the 1990s they couldn't buy land 
the Vanderbilt family went to this place, they couldn't buy enough land. <laughs> like, both the Amish and one of the richest families in the world has, uh, like, failed to obtain land here. Who were the people who owned the land here is what I want to know. Because there's no yeah. population. So who owned this crap? And why didn't they want to sell it? Like, what's the point of keeping it? I, I don't quite understand that part. That seems a little weird. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Apparently the entire valley is listed on the National Register of Historic Places? <laughs> Historic for what? Um, I don't... I don't know. It's, uh... On the register is the Burke's Garden Rural Historic District. So, there you go. <laughs> I'm not really sure why that is. Okay. There's a cemetery. It's real old. That's also, but that's its own thing. That's not the, the historic <laughs> district. That's just, you know, it's a cemetery. It's really old, so that's preserved. Which sort of makes sense, I guess, but... Gotta preserve those cemeteries for all those people who will eventually not have any family members to come back and see anybody in that graveyard. <laughs> wow, so, okay. Um, apparently in 1952, uh, the community was terrorized by the varmint of Burke's Garden. Um, hey, Link. Okay. A large coyote that killed many local sheep and caused much damage before being killed. A large coyote? In Virginia? Alright. <laughs> Varmint of Burst Garden. Wow. Uh, I think we need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably pretty, that's pretty cool. I guess. Yeah, I mean, got its own it's whole article about it. Too actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's bounce on over there. Oh, okay. So <laughs> That's a bloody dire wolf. Oh my word! The environment of Burke's Garden um, killed over 400 registered sheep. Those are just the registered ones. Yeah, <laughs> and caused damages in excess of thirty-two thousand dollars before being killed. Now, is that just the market value of 400 sheep, or? Mm. Is that other stuff that he did? Like, was this just know. one BA dog? Is that what was going on? <laughs> like, because like, it seems like it might be the case. Like, this thing was just like, screw your stuff. I'm just gonna charge right through your fences. I'm gonna eat them. Yeah, I feel like that's more of what it is. I feel like it's just running around, breaking through walls, like <laughs> <laughs> literally like horror film esque. Just <laughs> oh, it's the varmint again, out and about, ramming his head through walls, doing what he does. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is cool. So to capture this thing, the Board of Supervisors in Tazewell County, which is a cool name for a county. They taze really well there. Uh, they contacted Clell and Dale Lee, who are two of the best-known big game hunters who were active in the United States at the time. And their dogs were well-known for being able to track most kinds of animals. They were residents of Arizona, but were requested to come to Virginia to help local residents. And at the time, Dale Lee was in Venezuela hunting jaguars, Gee. but his brother Clell was available and answered the call. Good old Clell. 
Clell. Clell. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I shouldn't be laughing. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's somebody else out there named Clell. Hell. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, anyway. But yeah, he arrived in Bluefield to find himself coolly received by local farmers. However, Mrs. Meeks, the wife of one of the men, was kinder and invited him to stay at her home. That's nice. Like, why would they... Like, this sounds like a movie plot. Like, why are people like, like, you know, that you can't hear. You invited me here. You told me to come here to kill a varmint for you. You you literally drug me away from Arizona. I was going to go to Venezuela and hunt jaguars with my brother. But no. No, I had to come here and help you bumble. <laughs> help you back backwoods people figure this out. Okay, well, whatever. Is it, it's just like, it, doesn't that feel like that? Like, yeah, just like a weird like, like movie setup where it's, it's like... Yeah, it's like I'm the it, new guy in town. We don't like outsiders <laughs> here. We don't take kindly to your yeah. Kind of, it almost reminds me of arachnophobia. Yeah, he's like the doctor, and he comes to stay in town to you know start a new business, take over for the guy that died. But everybody in town's like, no, we like the old doctor. Well, too bad. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> so yeah, it feels it feels very it weird definitely that way. very movie esque. Yeah. So, so Quell <laughs> identified the animal by a track that had been left in a block of ice. His diagnosis shocked many, as no coyotes had been seen in the area in memory, which I agree with. Like, coyotes <laughs> in the mountains of Virginia does not make much sense. Uh, accompanied by the sheriff, as well as local farmers, hunters, and game wardens, Clell and his dogs soon found the scent following it for around five hours before nightfall. Man, this sounds more interesting than The Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah. Val Kilmer movie. Yeah, this is actually of compelling. Why is this a movie? <laughs> exactly, yeah. A movie of this. Oh, let's see how it ends first before we say uh, it. Definitely. Yeah. It might not be Hollywood. If material. it has a bad ending, then yeah. it might not fall flat. Yeah. Not really good box office at that point. So, yeah. Clell ordered all parties back to the hunt at dawn the next morning and the sheriff objected saying that nobody in the county hunted on Sundays Shomer Shabbos. Lee however explained that he had found a fresh scent and saw no reason to impose upon locals any longer than necessary you know this would be a good story for the Cohen brothers to tackle because they would have the right <laughs> kind of like demeanor yeah to do they, the whole they, thing. they could do it like, I don't know. I feel like they could give all of these townsfolk very great personalities. They and could, <laughs> and they would be just right. Like it would have just enough of that muted yeah. situational humor, like the Coen Brothers are so well known for. Mm. That you know, it'd be it'd be a great Appalachian 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 Trail. Yeah, story. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Lee, Clell, uh, Clell <laughs> was doing some stuff. What was he doing? He learned that the animal had struck again that night and killed two sheep, and then he stationed hunters near the site of the attack and set his dogs back on the scent. And a Burke's Garden resident, Alfred Jones, killed the coyote after a chase of a few hours. Alfred was accompanied by Dewey Tibbs and Hugh Cox. Wow. Those were names. <laughs> the varmint was killed in the Joe Moss Cemetery. 
That is a cool ending. All right. Yeah, that, like a, a cemetery showdown? Yeah. Colin Brothers could rock that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they really absolutely. Could. Uh, the creature was found to be quite large. It was actually nearly four and a half feet long. Mm. It weighed 35 pounds, and its fangs were an inch long. Which for a coyote in the mount, that's a that's a decent sized beast. Yeah, thirty five pounds seems a bit skimpy for all the sheep it was killing. Though <laughs> must not have been eating many of them. Yeah, didn't get fat. <laughs> Local residents were jubilant, and a dinner was held in Clell's honor. <laughs> the coyote was strung up and hung from a tree near the courthouse, and nearly seven thousand five hundred people who I guess don't live there came through to see both the hunter. And the dead animal. The animal was stuffed and is currently on display at the Crab Orchard Museum in Tazewell, Virginia. In celebration and memoriam, the town of Berks Garden began in 1993 to host the Varmint Half Marathon and 5K race. <laughs> Held annually in June, runners received trophies in the shape of sheep to commemorate the destruction caused by the varmint. Hmm. Oh. Something almost sounds like a, uh, I don't know, like a Sherlock Holmes-esque novel, or like that era. Like a bunch of people coming together and hunting down something. Yeah, I mean, it's a tale you don't really see too, too often. And, you know, honestly kind of uh, refreshing. Yeah. Very, very cinematic, this article. Mm-hmm. Now, we gotta figure out where are we going to go from here? I really wish there was a link to varmint. <laughs> like, just, just the word varmint would be a great thing to have a link to. Yeah, unfortunately, it links outward. I almost wish there was a link to Clell or Dale Lee. <laughs> yeah, either of those. There's a link to Big Game Hunters, but... There's... Yeah, there's links to Tazewell... Sheriff. <laughs> Just the word sheriff. <laughs> hmm. What is a half marathon anyway? How five, can you five I think the marathon is like a set term of twenty five miles or so. Oh, is it? Yeah, so like twelve and a half miles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um Hmm. Hmm. There are of course various kinds of animal, but I suppose that I, if I had to go any of these links, I'd probably I'm kind of torn between uh, uh, big game hunters and uh, Tazewell, Virginia, just because it's a cool name mm. for a town, and because the other place didn't have anything like population-wise <laughs> or building-wise. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah, so it was kind of mysterious. This like, would kind of open up that a little bit. Yeah, kind of look into the area at large a little a bit more thoroughly mm. just to see what the hell's going on with it. I'd be okay with going to Tazewell. Yeah, let's let's see how well we get to Tazewell that ends well. Tazewell, Virginia or Tazewell County? That's the question. Hmm. That's a good point. Because Burks was located in or near near the in the county or It was in the county. It was okay. in the Tazewell County. Okay. Well let's go to the county then. Alright. Going to Tazewell County, which is, of course, a county located in the southwestern 
well, the northern southwestern portion <laughs> of uh, the United States state of Virginia has a county seat by the name by the same name, Tazewell, and a population of only forty five thousand people. Hmm. Named after Henry Tazewell. I wonder how you get a name like that. Taze, taze people pretty pretty good. <laughs> Before the arrival of pioneers here, apparently Tazewell County was a hunting ground for Native Americans. Mm. Uh, although rare in the eastern United States, there are a lot of petroglyphs near the summit of Paint Lick Mountain. <laughs> Paint Lick Mountain, Tazewell. <laughs> I'm telling you, these guys are on a roll here. Oh, man. Well, yeah, in the spring of 1771... Uh, Thomas and John Witten established the first permanent settlement in Tazewell County at Crab Orchard. Hmm. Mm. Gotta love that orchard of crabs. Yum. Probably smells real good <laughs> in the fall. All the crabs are getting real ripe. <laughs> uh, yeah, then Tazewell County was officially created on December 20th, 1799. And the land for the county was taken from portions of Wythe and Russell counties. And it was named after Andre Beaverton. What? <laughs> wait. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's try this sentence one more time. Okay. Tazewell County okay. was created on December 20, 1799, uh-huh. right? The land for the county was taken from portions of Wythe and Russell counties. Mm-hmm. Wife Russell Tazewell. All right. It was named from Andre Beaverton. Um. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, wait, wait. Hold on. It was named after Andre Beaverton, a United States senator from Virginia, state legislator, and judge. Delegate Littleton Waller Tazewell <laughs> originally opposed the formation of the new county, but when Simon Cotterell, who drew up the bill to form the county, changed the originally proposed name of the county to Tazewell's namesake in honor of his father Henry who had died months earlier the bill passed wow that's something yeah that's hey I don't want this county to be made what if we name it after your dad okay (laughs) name it after your pa pa (laughs) yeah yeah. Littleton Waller Tazewell. Yeah. I tell you, the these uh, old-timey 1800s folk have just as fun names as British people. Andre Beaverton. That, that's the <laughs> un- oddly, you know, Andre. Not a usual name yeah. for that time in history. <laughs> And I like how Henry Tazewell has a son and decides to name him Littleton Waller. Like, that was a normal <laughs> thing. Like, at any point in history, like it was a normal thing to have a kid named Littleton Waller. Like, no. <laughs> Get out of here, Henry. You had a normal name. You just wanted to make your life miserable for your kid. Oh, okay. Uh, later, the town of Jefferson was renamed Tazewell, mm-hmm. and that became the town county seat. And Paramount's 1994 film, Lassie, was filmed here. Wow. All right. That's notoriety. Yeah. Finally got some stuff going on after all that craziness. Yeah, they don't just have varmint here. (laughs) 
since it contains portions of the Ridge and Valley Appalachians, as well as the Cumberland Plateau, Tazewell County has very distinct geologic areas within the county. One of the most unusual areas, as we mentioned before, was Burke's Garden, which you know is a bowl-shaped valley formed by the erosion of a doubly plunging anticline. Uh, but there are also four watersheds, uh, Upper Clinch, Middle New, North Fork Holston, and Tug. Tug. <laughs> Tug. <laughs> uh, adjacent counties are close to it. That's cool. Um, I've not heard of any of those highways. I'm not familiar with them. Yep. No major roads run through there that I know of. Or have been to. There are two colleges in the county uh, Bluefield College in Bluefield and Southwest Virginia Community College near Richlands. They have a minor league baseball team based in Bluefield called the Bluefield Blue Jays. Why? <laughs> Why does a town that has 5,000 people. Just have a minor league baseball team. Why? That's the size of that's New Holland having a baseball team. What is going on, Virginia? Slow down, oh, slow down, Virginia. What a crazy place. They also have a town named Pocahontas. Yes, Cedar Bluff. It's no bluff. They have unincorporated communities like Frog Level. <laughs> Uh, uh, pounding mill. I feel like frog level is just like a uh, video game. <laughs> yeah, it's just level. the frog level. It's like, hey, Gotta play the frog, frog level. level. <laughs> Gotta play through it. Did you get to the frog level yet? No, not yet. <laughs> I'm still stuck at paint lick. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna try going over pounding mill, but pounding mill just pounded me. Uh, but I'll make it to tip top. <laughs> tip top is where I'm headed for. <laughs> I figure if I keep grinding, eventually I'll get to Abs Valley. I just have Abs, Abs Valley all over the place. These are all real places, folks, in this county. In Boise this Vane. <laughs> what? What is that? <laughs> Boise Vane? Baptist Valley. No bullet. Nope. Just it's standing just, on its, it's own. Just there. <laughs> just sitting around. Just in between two think, think bullet points. Falls Mills is a weird name for... I mean, it sort of makes sense, but it's a weird, like... Well, it doesn't sound right. Yeah. For some reason. I feel reason. like it should be Fall Mills or yeah. Falls Mill or something. Falls Mill. Yeah, it, it shouldn't just, be. It, yeah. Falls Mills. There shouldn't be. There should only be one of either of them. Yeah. If there are falls, <laughs> they power a mill. If there are mills, they are powered by a fall. Yeah. <laughs> there are not both. <laughs> Plural. Uh, there's also Pisgah. Pisgah? I hardly knew it. <laughs> Jewel Ridge. Yeah, some yeah. really interesting ones. Um, there, there's uh, some good links to see. Also, to... yeah, there's some, there's definitely some good things here. You can also check out Littleton Waller. We can check out Littleton Waller. We can check out their Bluefield's baseball team, the Bluefield Blue Jays. <laughs> we can check out either of those colleges. <laughs> we can check out the uh, Pocahontas uh, Coalfield. <laughs> Which is kind of the biggest contradiction in terms I've seen. <laughs> Pretty Native American lady and Cole. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what article 
with the article about the minor league baseball team could possibly involve. Yeah, because I mean, it has to be like the minor, uh, minorest of minor leagues. It can't be yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah. In a town of 5,000 people around nothing. See, what percentage of the town's population is the baseball in team. the baseball team? One. Uh, 1%. Yep. I would guess. I mean, I don't know how many people are actually well, in the baseball team. Uh, isn't it nine? Or would it be like 18? Uh, or... Yeah, probably probably about 18. Something like that. Enough to get through an entire batting order and still have people left over. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere around 1%. Right. Because there's like yeah. 5,000 people in the town of Bluefield. And then there's this baseball team. <laughs> Surprisingly, the Bluefield Blue Jays have been there since 1937. So maybe wow. when they started out, like, there were just small towns that were just not that big all over the place. And they figured, eh, maybe this one will get big. <laughs> so they set up shop there, and then nothing happened. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time for a minor league to be around. Mm-hmm. I feel like in that amount of time, you should have probably advanced to be a major league team. Yeah, or, you know, stop being a minor league team. <laughs> being yeah. a town that's bordering West Virginia, which I have to emphasize, out of all the states that Virginia borders, that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, the team does seem to have quite a few titles under its belt, though. Uh, they've won 14 league titles and 11 division titles. Wow. So, okay, this team plays their home games at Bowen Field, a historic stadium Opened in 1939. Hmm. A historic stadium for a minor league baseball team. Yep. That's not really anything. Yep. That's right. <laughs> that's right. The interesting thing about this is that this is in Bluefield, Virginia, but it's also in Bluefield, West Virginia as well. So that kind of adds into the Bluefield population. I guess by their powers combined, <laughs> they are roughly the size of Ephrata. <laughs> like that's just that's they're they're, they're about fifteen thousand people all told. Ten thousand in, in in Bluefield, West Virginia, about wow. five thousand in Bluefield, Virginia. <laughs> so still a town that really why do they have a minor league baseball team? <laughs> why is this there? <laughs> 3,000-person stadium, too. That's not the tiniest stadium. Yeah, that sounds pretty decent. It's not huge, but decent. Very, very yeah. decent. So, um, Unfortunately, in, on August 28, 2010, Andy McFall, then president of baseball operations for Baltimore Orioles, announced that Baltimore was ending their affiliation with Bluefield no. and the Appalachian League. Effective at the end of the 2010 season. Bluefield's 53-season affiliation with the Orioles, which lasted from 1958 to 2010, had been the oldest continuous affiliation with the same Major League franchise in major, Minor League Baseball. Wow. 
Wow. So this baseball team is serious, too. So <laughs> wow. From the small town, they've managed to build a historic stadium and break records. There's something about of this Things place. that aren't really, like... Records. Really, that great to no. break? <laughs> no, it's not like they're breaking batting records no. or any kind of game records. They're just like, hey, we've been affiliated for the longest time. Great, you sat, st- you've done, you've done nothing for the longest time. <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, the Orioles were sometimes known as the Baby Birds or the Baby O's, a reference to their major league parent club. One of the best-known players to have played in Bluefield is actually Cal Ripken Jr. What? Yeah. Who played in Bluefield in 1978 when he was only 17. (laughs) Boog Powell also played there, also as a 17-year-old in 1959. Which is crazy. Okay. Good news is, though, is that even though Bluefield, uh was kind of up in the air for a little bit. In 2011, the Toronto Blue Jays swooped in and helped out the franchise, thus taking over and seeing it through. Oh, wow. So they started out in 1937 as the Bluefield Blue Grays. What? And then (laughs) in 1957... Oh, wait. That was... Okay, so that was... They were called that from 1937 to 1942 and from 1946 to 1955. Okay. In between there, who knows? And then jump up to 1957, they were called the Bluefield Dodgers. I I am assuming they were affiliated with the Dodgers. And then 1958, they became affiliated with the Orioles. And then now they're with the Blue Jays. So they started out Blue Grays, now they're the Blue Jays. That's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you had lived through all those and just been, like, you would probably, I would just show up to the game and yell the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, but you know what that probably is? That's probably because of the Civil War. That's uh, around oh. the border. It's around the border between West yeah. Virginia and Virginia. West Virginia, of course, only becoming a state because of issues resulting there from the Civil go. War. Blue and gray. Huh. The opposing sides, the opposing colors. Fighting with themselves. Just dancing with <laughs> themselves. Yeah. But, uh, interesting that uh, some pretty notable players actually played there. Didn't think it was going to be a very high class team. <laughs> it's not. It's class D and C. <laughs> It's an advanced rookie level. <laughs> so so every once in a while, they have by one chance, really great player. Who passes through one year before they're <laughs> legally old enough to play baseball for money. They just had to get anybody in. They're like, all right, you're 17. All right, come on. Come on. Come on <laughs> Here's your dad, Cal Ripken. Great. All right, let's go. <laughs> oh, wow. You're really great. All right, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for playing this this ha- this two innings with us. It was great, great two innings. Now we're gonna put you on a Wikipedia article whenever that becomes a thing. <laughs> Keep up the fame. They have some interestingly named um, players at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately, none of the interesting. Well, actually, no. One of the interesting named ones does have a link to him. 
there's some other ones that are like uh, Uliandri Iguer. <laughs> That's a thing to say. <laughs> there's DJ McKnight, who sounds like a DJ. There's Boris Yeltsin Godino. Yeltsin. His first name is Yeltsin. <laughs> Isn't that supposed to be like a Russian last name? Boris Yeltsin? Yeltsin. Yeah, I feel like that sounds like a last name. This guy's first name is Deferson. Deferson. It's like Jefferson, <laughs> but then somebody was like D-E-I instead of J-E-F. Uh, Deferson. All right, what's your son's name? D- Jefferson. Okay, how do you spell that? D-E-I... For son. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs> Moretta. Uh, There's uh, Jesus Gonzalez. Yep. Mm, you know what they say about him? Nobody messes with him. <laughs> uh, and also a guy by the name of Matt Smorl. 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 He has a link to him. <laughs> Let's just see what Matt's moral is. Zach Wazalewski. Zach Z A K. Zach. <laughs> Zach. Zach. Don't know how to pronounce K differently from a C. I mean, generally they're just kind of both the same thing. Yeah. There's one player on military leave. Name of Alex Azer. Alex Azer. Azer. I wonder where he's serving. I wonder if it's an Azerbaijan. <laughs> okay, they have like this whole list of things. Yes. Like seven day disabled list is a plus sign. A uh, asterisk, it looks like, is on Toronto Blue Jays 40-man roster. A pound sign is rehab assignment. And an infinite sign is reserve list. Um, they have all this different stuff. Infinite sign. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they only use, like, But they no none symbols. of them. Like, literally one, none. Literally, well, there's one symbol that's used in this entire thing, which is restricted list. <laughs> Jesus Gonzalez is restricted. No. And then for all those symbols, the one they all have, military leave. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they could have used a symbol for that. They could have had one yeah. more symbol in there just for sure. Just change one of them. Yeah, just make... You're not using any of these other symbols. Just use use the hashtag one. That's a popular <laughs> one. Like that'll, that'll get the kids' attention. Just use the hashtag. <laughs> Doesn't need to be for rehab assignment. Nobody's going to get hurt. This is a small town minor league team. I mean, maybe some of them will fall into drugs because they're sad. Yeah, they're (laughs) making minimum wage, but they're. But at the same time, I feel like the people in this town probably are just kind of not caring as much. How weird! If I ever make it to Bluefield, Virginia, I would. Enjoy checking out one of their games at their historic stadium. Sure is historic. It's been there and nobody's knocked it down. <laughs> no, okay, so wait a minute. Alright, so 
while they were still called the Bluefield Blue Grays, they were affiliated with the Boston Braves. Yes. From 1946 to 1951. But they didn't change their name? Um, well, you know, West Virginia and Virginia, they're pretty socially active. So, like, they're socially aware. They probably didn't want to take on that kind of, like, mm. kind of, like, guilt-ridden name. You know, they didn't want to... They, they, they're, they're trying, hey, trying yeah, to be sensitive. That could be. Trying to be sensitive to the people. They seem to be a very diverse team. Sensitive to so. Native American people because, you know, they didn't want to insult any of their Native American neighbors <laughs> because in Virginia and West Virginia, you know, there's a lot of Native American reserves. Yeah, and they were also probably, like, already riding the tensions of the Civil War with their name yeah. of the Blue Grays. Yeah. So they probably were like, you know what? That's enough. That's tense we enough. <laughs> we can keep the tension. We can make the yeah. tension hit home way more if we just stay the Blue Grays. Yeah. We don't need to change this to the Braves. There's no, there's no need to make people here. Like, what, <laughs> what does that do? This creates suspense. This makes people mad. <laughs> Blue Grays. That's where it's at. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, 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 where from here? Where to art thou article? Well, looks like maybe we got Matt Small. Small. We got Appalachian League. Ooh, that might be interesting to see what other bad, <laughs> bad, ill-advised teams there are in this league. You go to Boo Powell, Calrickin Jr. I'm gonna go to Appalachian League because I want to know why anybody thought this was a good idea. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Appalachian rookie class league. They began in 1937, so hmm. the league started when that team started. Oh boy, here we go. Okay, so the teams that were a part of this, uh, the original Appalachian League only existed for four seasons from 1911 to 1914. The teams that were a part of this were the Asheville Moonshiners, the Bristol Boosters, Cleveland Counts, Johnson City Soldiers, Knoxville Appalachians, and the Morristown Jobbers. Because they had to keep their day job. <laughs> the second season only lasted for five seasons, or the second iteration, I should say, from 1921 till 1925, and again only had independent teams, which were the Bristol State Liners this time, Cleveland Manufacturers now, Greenfield, Greenville, don't know where they came from, <laughs> Burly cats, <laughs> like, like muscular burly cats. Oh man! Somebody and needs to bring that name back. The Johnson City Soldiers came back yet again. The Kingsport Indians, the Knoxville Pioneers, and that was it. <laughs> so the third uh, incarnation shifted to D level minor league, the lowest level in pre-1963 MLB and it started in 1937 and had four teams the Elizabethtown Elizabethtown Betsy Red Sox Betsy Red it's supposed to be all red the third iteration of the Johnson City Soldiers <laughs> no creativity <laughs> out of that town <laughs> the Newport Canners and the Pennington Gap Lee Bears 
Okay, so they came back with only four teams. <laughs> but I guess they attracted yep. more as time went on. Because we know that in 1937, maybe they started out in 1937 with those four, but then we know that 1937 right. also bought about the good old Bluefield Blue Jays or Blue Grays <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, there's also the Bristol Pirates. That's where they settled. Bristol Pirates. The Danville Braves. It's interesting because I guess it's just the team that they got affiliated with. Now, one thing that's interesting about the Danville Braves is that their stadium has a capacity of 2,588 people. Precisely that. All the other ones, 3,000, 3,500, 2,500, 2,000. This one, 2,588. Maybe they, like, took out a couple seats or something. Must have. They lost them in the brawl. <laughs> it looks like uh, our old uh, Bluefield Blue Jays have one of the higher capacity ones. Or maybe it's a mid-range. Kind of a mid-range. Because Greenville, Tennessee Astros <laughs> have... A 4,000-person park yeah. and a two-sentence article for that park. <laughs> so that's a no-go. Uh, Hopes up and everything. The Johnson City Cardinals, I guess they finally changed their name, uh, has the second biggest stadium at 3,800 people. And then you got the Burlington Royals with 3,500. Oh, and then they have this team's list here. Or, whoa, they had a, a lot more teams back in uh, 1937. Yeah, they did. Or, I mean, I guess this is a list for all of... All the iterations of yeah. every team, I think. Well, no, because they don't have Bluefield. They list some of them in... Wait, what? Did some of the te- some of the towns have two teams? I guess. <laughs> I'm not really sure what's going on, but some of them like list other t- names for the teams in parentheses, whereas others have their own links. Yeah, that's weird. Like the Bristol Twins were from 1940 to 1955. That's one link. Well, but then maybe. there's the Bristol Pirates. That's another link from 2014 till present, and then in parentheses it says Tigers from 1969 to 94, <laughs> White Sox from 1995 to 2013. Maybe it's because the Bristol Twins and the Bristol Pirates have two separate articles for some reason. Maybe it's because there's like a lull of about uh, 14 years or so between yeah. the end of the Bristol Twins and the beginning of the Bristol Tigers, which would become the Pirates. Yeah. And that might have something to do with it. That could be. But it's still in the same city. So Yeah. But maybe that's enough for like a reboot. I guess. Like a soft reboot of the team. Soft reboot of the article. Just can't <laughs> can't lump it all in the one. It's two different things now. No, we're going to take this in a different direction. That's not fair. The Johnson City Cardinals have two articles. What? <laughs> yeah. The Johnson City Cardinals. 1937 and 1955. 1957 and 1961. The and they have that. Johnson City Soldiers and Johnson City Phillies. What they all have the different articles. What? Okay. And the Harlan Smokies has a link, but no article at the link. There's also the Kingsport Pirates 
which are have suspended operations in 1958 <laughs> uh, because they could not continue as the Pirates. Uh, the Kingsport Mets followed those, and they suspended operations in 1983. I guess Kingsport was just not meant to be a baseball place. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. Because if you look over at the Lifesville Reds, there's the Kingsport Cherokees and the Kingsport Dodgers in there <laughs> as well. So maybe they're close huh. together. Ooh, it's a, certainly a strange little operation this Appalachian League has going here. They sure do have a really little weird thing going on. Hmm. All right, well, shall we check out another team or uh, check out a stadium? Yeah, I'm curious if that Howard Johnson field where the Johnson City Cardinals play is in fact sponsored by Howard Johnson, the hotel chain, <laughs> or if it's named after a guy, because everything else on here is like named after some random dude, or it's like the American Legion, and none yeah. of those are particularly, you know, interesting. And but that Howard Johnson... Is called I mean, the that, Boyce Cox Field at DeVault Memorial Stadium. Not Boyce Cox. <laughs> Boyce. His name Boyce. is Boyce. <laughs> Make I make that clear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's gotta, you gotta make sure you hit that emphasis. Yeah, yeah, that requires a little pretty. better enunciation. <laughs> gotta make sure <laughs> nobody hears that the wrong way. <laughs> That's not <laughs> okay. It's not that okay. kind of stadium. No, no, no. It's a normal. It's a nice family family affair. Everyone, <laughs> it's all everything's fine here. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to the Johnson Field. Yeah, yeah, Howard Johnson Field, right. Let's give this a whirl. Okay. Howard Johnson Field, a stadium in Johnson City, Tennessee. It is primarily used for baseball and is the home of the Johnson City Cardinals minor league baseball team of the Appalachian League. has a capacity of 3,800 people, built in 1956. The name does indeed not come from some random dude who happens to have the name of a hotel chain, but instead from perhaps the... This might be the smallest sponsored <laughs> stadium I've ever seen. Uh, the Howard Johnson Hotel Chain sponsors this. Huh. Or sponsors this, as the article would put it. <laughs> well, I've got my answer. Guess we're going to the hotel. <laughs> Alright, Howard Johnson... Howard Johnson's, or Howard Johnson, is a chain of hotels, motels, and restaurants located primarily throughout the United States and Canada. Founded by, I'm never going to guess, <laughs> Howard Johnson. It was the largest restaurant chain in the United States. Wait, what? Yeah, can't <laughs> say I've, uh... I just kind of glazed over that at first, but then I was like, wait, I'm talking about a hotel chain here, I thought. Maybe. Yeah. This it was restaurant? the largest restaurant chain in the United States through the 1960s and 1970s. It's more than 1,000 combined company-owned franchise outlets. Huh. But now the hotels and motels are part of Wyndham Worldwide. Mm. Hmm. And is this Johnson Howard Johnson part of the Johnson & Johnson of household 
cleaning or self hygiene products. Like they make uh what's it called? Well oh no, stuff. Yeah, you know, like like the the I can't think of I, I can't think of a specific item. The <laughs> they make <laughs> off the top of my head. Do they, they make, make bathroom products. Do like, they make the, the shampoo that doesn't do yeah, the tears? Yeah, yeah, they do they shampoos. They do like, like baby shampoos. Yeah. Like the ones that don't give you the tears. Yeah. You can get them in your no eyes tears. and just wash your eyes out with them. Yep. Yep, those just ones. squirt those, that shampoo just right in your eyes. Right in your eyes. <laughs> Nothing bad will happen. <laughs> just cleans them out. I don't know. I mean, uh... I've always remembered Howard Johnson just because of their very distinct uh, uh, color scheme, but mm. apparently the, the restaurant was their mainstay for a while, and there's only two restaurants left. So it wasn't very successful in the long haul, but um, you definitely know one if you saw one. They had a very distinct look to them, these restaurants. Yeah. But yeah, I think we should go to the article for the guy, Howard Deering Johnson. Hmm. Just to see what his backstory is. If we go there, maybe we can see what he is born of, who he is born from. <laughs> yeah. So, see what's up. Ooh. Who is Howard Deering Johnson? He's certainly intimidating looking. Wow, yeah. Oh, that face. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that's something. Oh, he is almost definitely not that Johnson and Johnson. Okay. Those are different Johnsons. Well, there's a lot of Johnsons in the world. There sure are. <laughs> uh, Howard Johnson was born in Boston, and his father worked in uh, or his father uh, owned a cigar business there. Hmm. Yeah. Served in World War One, and unlike the Johnson and Johnson Johnsons, <laughs> this Johnson had a Johnson die, and when that Johnson died, this Johnson that we are now talking about inherited a business, but not a good one. Not like the one that invented the tear-free shampoo, <laughs> like one that was a cigar place in Boston, which isn't a great place for cigars, so it was yeah. very, very yeah. in debt. Uh, so. He ran the cigar store anyway, just for lack of anything better to do with it, until 1924 when he liquidated. But he still had $10,000 of debt, <laughs> even after the liquidation. Wow. So he entered the restaurant industry solely to pay off what remained after he had <laughs> sold the cigar venture. Little did he know, it would bloom into what it is. He actually, in 1925, bought a small soda shop in the Wollaston neighborhood of Quincy, Massachusetts. And he enhanced the quality of the ice cream by buying a recipe from a pushcart vendor for $300, which is a lot of money back then. And it doubled the butter fat of the product and used only natural flavorings. And he used hand-cranked makers in his basement and by 1928 was grossing about $240,000 from ice cream sold in the store in nearby beaches. Jesus. That this is... is 1928. And he's making it by hand. And it's that much money. 
that's a lot of ice cream. Or he's charging a lot of money. <laughs> One of the two. Man, that's nuts. That's a crazy amount of money for me to be making at that point in time on ice cream alone. Yeah. Well, Johnson expanded operations by opening more stores and started selling food items such as hamburgers and frankfurters at his original store. In 1929, he opened a second restaurant in Quincy. This sit-down outlet had a broader menu and laid the groundwork for the future expansion of the brand. In 1935, Howard Johnson teamed up with local businessman Reginald Sprague... Sprague? <laughs> Spraguey. <laughs> and created the first modern restaurant franchise. What? Yeah. The first. So he... <laughs> in 1935. This wow. predates McDonald's. This predates all of them. A restaurant yeah. franchise. Huh. As opposed to just like a once and done sort of restaurant. So yeah. he's the one that started it. Apparently. This is actually... I didn't even know how Johnson was raised. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. It just shows you how fast like things like this just go, go away. Go by the wayside if you love them. Um, the idea was new in that day to let an operator use the name, food supplies, and logo in exchange for a fee. The business of Hojo Chain <laughs> Restaurants, not a great name, not a great name, yeah. rapidly expanded, and he also entered the lodging industry. And uh, he had his two children begin working at the business. His son, Howard Brennan Johnson, and daughter, Howard Johnson, I'm just kidding, his daughter's (laughs) name was Dorothy Johnson, uh, beamed down together from highway billboards proclaiming that we love our daddy's ice cream at the time when they were six and eight years old, respectively. Unfortunately, poor old Howard didn't have a great time with uh, his personal life. He was married four times. But he did enjoy a 60-foot yacht and collected paintings as well. His hobby was, his words, to talk and eat food. <laughs> Which, I mean, I think that's most people. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a hobby. I'm not sure. I think that's. What I would call that do. a thing that you do all the time. I think that's life, right? That's living. Pretty sure that's like things that are main things yeah. in life. Yeah, they're you not. Always do. You don't have an option, really. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but whatever. I mean, the guy obviously did yeah. something. He I invented the idea of franchising restaurants. So <laughs> uh, his favorite food was ice cream, of course, which he stoutly maintained was not fattening as he was 205 pounds. Which, which is not depending huge. on his height, not uh, huge. who knows? <laughs> Probably not super fat. Yeah. He ate at least a cone a day, kept 10 flavors in the freezers of his Southern Room Manhattan penthouse, and at his home in Milton, Massachusetts. Both. <laughs> he only had one cone a day? Seems. If, if I had that kind of operation, I would be eating a whole pint of ice cream a day. Well, I mean, he had to. He was maintaining the ice cream was not fattening. He had to keep that up. Ah, uh, yeah. Be like, look, this doesn't do anything. <laughs> he had to eat one cone a day and then work out vigorously before and after. But during that time that he was eating the cone, he had to walk around in public. Like he had uh, to have yeah. it around everybody else. So he'd be like, oh yeah, that's him. He's eating ice cream. You're going for a he's jog fine. while he's eating yeah. the ice cream. No, no, he, he just needed to be like, yeah. People couldn't put two and two together. That's all. It's all a ploy. Um. He recalled that he had no interest 
or time for anything but building his bintre- his bit his bit his bit. <laughs> He Building his Pinterest. <laughs> Building his Pinterest page. He had a lot of really good ice cream ideas he got from there. Sharon hit, and he shared a lot, too. He's one of the most acclaimed male Pinterest users. Um, no, but he uh, said at one juncture regarding the fact that he had no time to do anything but build his business that... I think that building a business was my only form of recreation. So that's your hobby, dude. <laughs> like, that's it right there. Yeah. He says that he never played golf, he never played tennis, he never did anything after he left school. He ate, he slept, and he thought of nothing but the business. Wow. There you go. But he retired in 1959, Uh-oh. leaving the company to his son, Howard Brennan Bud Johnson. Oh, no. The so older Johnson. Bud. <laughs> The older Johnson continued to monitor his restaurants for cleanliness and proper food preparation. He would be chauffeured in a black Cadillac bearing the license plate HJ28, his initials, and 28 ice cream flavors, while performing unannounced inspections of the restaurants. And Howard Johnson, this is, I assume, the original Howard Johnson, died, well, not the original, the second Howard Johnson, right? No. Is he the first Howard Is Johnson. he the first Howard Johnson? Okay, I couldn't remember if his dad was also a Howard Johnson. Nobody mentioned his dad's name, I don't think. Oh, they didn't? Okay. Well, then Howard Johnson died in 1972 at age 75, and he was bur- buried at Milton Cemetery in Milton, Massachusetts. His contribution to the restaurant industry was the idea of centralized buying and a commissary system to prepare menu items for distribution to his restaurants. This helped ensure a uniform consistency and quality as well as lower costs. His company was at one time the largest commercial food supplier, period, in the United States. Wow. In 1999, Howard Johnson was inducted to the Hospitality Industry Hall of Honor, which recognizes the world's most successful hospitality interests and most recognizable brands. Without this man, <laughs> you wouldn't have any fast food. Yeah. You wouldn't even have Eaton Park or Bob <laughs> Big Boy. You would have just small. You would have no chains. Restaurants. You would have no Chipotle. Yeah. You would have no Chi-Chi's. You would have no Ruby Tuesdays. Nope. You would have no Olive Garden. No Moe's. No Bojangles. Oh, maybe Bojangles. No Long John Silvers. No Long John Silvers. No nothing. No Taco Bell. There would be one Taco Bell in the entire United States. There would be one. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. This man was important, okay? Next time you're chowing down on your cheesy gordita crunch, just say a prayer to O. Johnson, my Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yep, stand up on your uh, table there and just, uh, you know, give it up to the man who started it all. Yep. Fast food was invented to woo women, after all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, never expected to discover this. The man who invented the modern American restaurant. (laughs) Take that, Wikipedia. He really showed (laughs) you from a town with no population. Yep. It's been a very diversified episode, if I have to say so. <laughs> yeah, this uh... we went from we went to baseball to varmint stories to <laughs> a place with no people to a guy who invented food. 
Yep. Alright, so there you have it. From Burke's Garden, Virginia, to Howard Deering Johnson. So if you enjoyed this, please visit facebook.com slash podcast. Give us a like and follow. Head over to iTunes and rate and review us. And you can also find new episodes on our website at twc.erictrivia.com. And soon, whenever Google gets uh, uh, Google Play starts doing podcast stuff, uh, you will find us on there because we have officially been accepted on there. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, whenever they start doing that, you can find us on there too. And yeah, maybe people will rate and review us on there. Yeah. We're getting in on the ground floor in that one. Yeah. We'll be uh, one, well, one of the first ones up there. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right after Serial and uh, yeah. that, that one that Scott Argument hosts. <laughs> right after all the other podcasts that yep. are on iTunes already <laughs> that everybody's submitting to Google right now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Blind Blake for our outro song. And thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. All right. Oof. Yeah. What a weird, weird chain that was. Very odd. Yeah. Very hungry now, too. Got a lot of good, uh, good things. Good oh, yeah. Individual nuggets. I wish somebody would tell me what did it, It's funny that uh, his restaurant stuff was the big portion of the article hardly even mentions his hotel yeah and the only reason I know anything about him is the hotels yeah that's the only thing that survived from his legacy yeah there was still one of those in Lancaster until not too long ago so wow well okay lessons learned Just give me that thing you said on my city water. My city water. I wish somebody would tell me what city water Somebody would tell me what did he was, did he mean?